Welcome, beauties. This is Christy, and my co-host will not be with me today. I'm going at it alone, and I have a special guest here. If you remember when I did the PTSD, uh, we had spoke with John, and he did say that he would like his ex-wife now, but his wife at the time, to give her side of it. And so I have Jill with us today. I'm super excited to talk to her. And so you guys sit back, get yourself a drink, whether it be tea, coffee, or liquor, whatever it is that you enjoy. And welcome Jill. Hi. Hi everybody. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm I'm making it. <laughs> I'm right, making it today. Right. That's the main thing. That is. Okay. So if I remember right, um, John told quite a bit, and he did feel like you would have more memory than he did. Sure. And a different memory. Uh -huh. So that's what we would like to talk about today is what you remember when it started, how it started. Okay. And so if you could just kind of start out and let me know when... Why don't we start with when you met John and how? Okay. So um, we, John and I met through a mutual friend. He had moved into her apartment building and my friend met him because they lived in the same apartment building. And so I, of course, met him that way because he was always down at her apartment and I was over, always over at her apartment. So we just met that way. Um, we were friends for... Um, I want to say two to three years, um, and then um, he had decided that he was going to um, join the military because things were not going well for him. Um, he really had no direction from what I understand, um, and his sister-in-law at the time had, had told him, you know, hey, why don't you join the military, you know, that you know, it'll give you some structure and, you know, you won't just feel like you're, you know, just out there, just aimlessly. In limbo. Yeah, not, right. Yeah. Right. So, um, he decided to join and at that time we were just friends. And so, um, of course we wrote back and forth and, and let me stop you. Then. Sure. So during those four years that you guys were friends, mm -hmm. what was his personality like? It was fun to be around. Um, happy-go-lucky most of the time you know everybody's got their moods. moments sure. sure um but he was you know we went out on the town a lot and um which was a complete change from how he is now or was mm -hmm. when we were married um just had a lot of fun together I could talk to him about anything and he really didn't judge me and I didn't judge him about anything and we were just good friends I would have I would consider because we kind of had a little group and I would consider him one of of my best friends back mm -hmm. then was he pretty open about his life with you he was very open okay yeah. so yeah. we'll bring that in later so then go ahead and go to we'll go what what do you say uh forward Okay. to him going into the military then. Okay, so he joined the military. Um, we were just kind of riding back and forth. I um, was in a um, abusive relationship. I remember he called one time while he was in the military. I told him what had happened. He said, you know, look, you've got to get out of that for me, you know, for your son, get out of there. And so after that, we kind of, you know, hey, they say date your, you know, friends mm -hmm. and then you'll make it. And mm -hmm. I was like, hmm. So after that, we just kind of decided that we were going to give it a shot. And we, after he came back home in, I want to say he came back home in 
May or June of 2002. We got married in October of 2002. Okay. So we very quickly, once he got home, we had never lived together before. Mm -hmm. So this was a whole new realm for mm -hmm. us. Um, and your relationship was dissolved completely with the other guy? Oh, yeah. yeah. So he was out of the picture. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. He's, uh was long gone. Okay. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So um, we... Got married in October. Um, I moved down there around to Fort Campbell with him around November, December-ish. Um, and then very quickly got pregnant. I can't remember if I was already pregnant or I found out right when I got down there. Um, and then he got deployed again to um, Afghanistan or Iraq. I can't remember. Um, in January or February of 2003. Mm -hmm. um, and then during that time, from his deployment to the time we had our daughter, um, we just wrote back and forth, you know, phone calls when he could. You know, he it was during the day for him when it was at night for us. And, sure. you know, so I'd have to get up at 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, which was fine. Mm -hmm. um, just a lot of letters and, and things like that, so. Okay. And he was able to write you back? He did. Um, he, you know, had his family and friends and everything, too, that he was writing, so his letters weren't as lengthy as mine. Um, but um, he did write back here and there. But a lot, I, a lot of his phone calls did go to me, so I, you know, couldn't really complain. Okay. So... And then something happened. Yes. Um, Are you okay to talk about this? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So July 4th, um, I was getting me and my son ready to go to a um, family reunion. Well, let me back up. July 4th, that morning, I had woke up on my stomach. And I was pretty pregnant, almost full-term pregnant. And I thought it was weird. Um didn't really think too much of it. Um, we were going to a picnic or family reunion. Um, that day I was making this jello dessert that was, you know, red jello with the blueberries and the strawberries and the whipped cream and it looked like a patriotic. Yes. And so I was supposed making, to be a good day. Right. And so I made that and like I said, I I can't make that anymore and I can't especially around that time I can't. And I think that's perfectly normal. There's there's a lot of things that happen on a certain day that that day we always will remember and we won't do the things that we were doing that day. Right. Even like even like if you get sick on something, you don't uh -huh. ever want to eat that thing again. Right. You know. Right. So, right. normal. Yeah. So, I was making that and and me and my son um we're getting ready to go, and I was like, you know, I haven't, I haven't felt um, Jade move, which is her name. I didn't feel, I haven't felt Jade move all day. So I called my mom, and I'm like, hey, I haven't felt the baby move. She goes, well, it's hot out. Just, you know, kind of lay around and you know, lay down, see if you feel her move. Well, I didn't, and at that, then at that time, I called the hospital because it was on a weekend, I want to say, or my doctor's office was closed, and they said if you lay down and you haven't felt, I believe it's two kicks in an hour, then you need to come in. Well, I didn't. So I called my mom, um, and we went up to the hospital. They sent me up to labor and delivery, gave me a sonogram, and the, I can remember the doctor's face, and he just looked at me and he said, "There's, I don't know what else to say, there's no heartbeat. And that's how um, I found out. So did they do a sonogram to see what happened? They did. They, okay. did a, they did blood work to find out what happened to her. Is that what you mean? Well, I wondered if they did like an in, not an internal because the baby would have been in the way, but an out, an outer sonogram to see if there was anything going on first so they just did blood work well they they looked and at that time they said it was a cord stricture so we thought it was because the 
umbilical cord had twisted so many times it just shut everything off well later she wasn't getting oxygen right okay and later on we found out that's not that there was microscopic blood clots in the umbilical cord and it just shut everything off from her because and was that happening at a slow time that you guys just didn't know about it or did it happen that night well i think it must have happened um you know, just over the course of the pregnancy, maybe, or, you know. They never I really explained it. Right. With my next pregnancy with with um, Kylie, I had to give myself Lovenox shots in the stomach and everything and make sure my blood was kept thin and, you know, wasn't able to clot and, and things like that, so. And, and is this something that's hereditary then? It is. My daughter, Kylie, has it. Okay, so she's going to have to go through the same procedure that right. you do. So is it just in women? Um, I don't know if it's just in women. I know that with her and I, my daughter and I, we cannot have any birth, any hormonal birth control that contains estrogen because that increases your risk anyways. Um, so we can't... It's not good for you anyway. Right. Period. Right. Cancer, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. So right. At least you're not missing out on anything. Right. Anything. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Um, is it too hard to go through the time they called John and your waiting period for him to get home? No. Okay. Mm-mm. So why don't we go through that? Okay, so I was laying there still on like a stretcher in the same room they told me all this in, and I could hear the nurse um, telling somebody, you know, you need to put in a call to the Red Cross so we can get him a message overseas so that he can come back. Um, And I did not want to... um, they gave me the option of if I wanted to be induced that night. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, I want him to at least be able to see her because they told me he would more than likely not be able to see her if I delivered and then it was three, four, five days before he got home. So, you know, I want to stop you there. We sure. did talk a little bit about this before we started the podcast. And, and I was thinking about this because I had a past experience with a friend. Mm-hmm. And um, she could not reach her husband to go. And so I took her to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I was with her. I continued to try to reach him all day. But um, they finally said, you know, it, her her blood pressure was going up and stuff mm-hmm. herself. So they said, we're, we're going to have to have you have that baby mm-hmm. um, and it was also a girl Aww. and she had her she had the cord wrapped around her neck mm-hmm. okay so apparently that had happened during the night um, they left I, I think this was kind of cruel this is just my opinion sure. though okay it because she wanted they said would you like to wait for your husband to get here to see the baby or do you want to just hold her for a while and then we'll come take her? Mm-hmm. And she, she said, I don't want you to take her. I just want to hold her. And we were there a good four hours straight and they would stop and check and then say, are you ready yet? And she'd say, no, I'm not. And she just sat and rocked and sang to her. Like, she was totally out of it. Sure. Okay, well, as that time went on, I'm I'm the one sitting there, okay, and I'm watching the baby's fingers turn black, her mouth turn black. It was not a pretty sight. Right. And And there was a horrible smell, and I kept thinking to myself, I know she's not thinking, but that's going to be her last memory at some point. Right. That's kind of a PTSD thing, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of glad that you were able to wait, mm-hmm. even though you were taking a big risk. And I, I think that's fantastic that you did do that. So how did John react to you waiting? Um, 
I, I don't think that he thought that when, when we finally were able to talk after he had gotten the message, he, I don't think that he thought that it was going to be like a full, she was going to be like a full term baby. I think he thought that I was just had a miscarriage or something mm -hmm. and this, you know, mm -hmm. it was, I mean, you know, not to say anything, but I think that he thought that it was, it was just going to be a few minute thing and, and, sure. and that was it, you know? So he asked he me. He probably well, tried not to think too much about right, it. Right, right. Yeah, and he was probably trying to protect himself too, mentally, you know. Um, so. I'm glad you had your mom there. Yeah, yeah. And I had my, my in-laws too. Your in -laws, I, yeah, I relied on them a great deal. Um, so we had the same thing uh he finally got home um and i it was a good thing he did uh because they told me if he hadn't got home when he did they were going to have to induce me anyways because my white blood count was going way high and i needed to deliver so she was born um at first i did not want to see her because they told me that she had a funny look on her face, and so... Because she wasn't getting oxygen all that time either, so... Right, right. And so, uh, Sue, the nurse midwife, she said, I'll, I'll put a bonnet on her, um, because there was no muscle tone, so... Um, and so they... <clears throat> it's okay. I'll get you some Kleenex and just, you're fine. I'm fine. Um, they put the bonnet on her and uh, <clears throat> brought her in and um, she was really Okay, we had a brief pause there for a little bit of advertisement and we're going to have go ahead and start back up if she can remember where she left yeah, off yeah so um they brought jade our daughter in um with her little bonnet on and so um she's like i said very pretty um her lips were very very red and i asked the nurse why, like lipstick red mm -hmm. i asked the nurse why and they said that's where her blood had pooled was in her lips which was very, I thought was just, you know, kind of like a sign, you know, from her, you know, just that it was just odd that it had pooled right there. Mm -hmm. um, so same thing. Um, they, you know, said we could hold her as long as, as we wanted to. We had our, you know, family come in, whoever um, wanted to hold her was able to, whoever didn't, of course, we didn't push them to do so. Um, and then like John said in his, um, interview, his brother and, and, uh, my sister-in-law, his, what my bro brother-in-law's wife, Lisa, she had, um, they had done a lot of the work as well as Tammy, his sister, um, and his, his mom, um, had, had done a lot of the funeral home prep, uh, the, you know, where she was going to be buried. Um, Tammy had a lot, his sister had a lot to do with that. So that took that part off of us. So during that time while everybody was doing their parts and helping out you two, were you two comforting each other? We were. Um, I, at that time, um, like I said, I hadn't cried about this and probably 10 or 15 years so I don't know what happened <laughs> what mm -hmm. happened there um but um I make people cry uh, oh no <laughs> no um so anyways um we did the best we could we had you know the it was just graveside services um and then afterwards we went to a sister's house and you know kind of received everybody and then after that, um, I just kind of tucked my feelings away because he had to go back. And so I was trying to, 
make everything about him so that so I just kind of tucked everything away and was very numb and very blank to everything. So one of the things I remember him saying is because I asked him if he was able to comfort you mm -hmm. and his answer was I would probably have to ask you because he felt like he was trying to do that but he wasn't sure if he really was. Yes. He he did the best he could. I mean I I don't it was such an odd thing to to happen. I didn't really know how I was supposed to feel. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not a, a big emotional person, so I'm just kind of like, I'm fine, and then just, you know, keep mm -hmm. moving. So he, he did the best he could. Um, I remember one time I was like, you know, just promise me that we can try again. Mm -hmm. and And I remember he got emotional and pulled the car over and, you know, he looked at me and he said, oh, we will try again. You know, don't worry about that. So he, for him, he did, he did the best he could, you know, and I, I tried to do the best I could for him mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. You know, we were younger and, and. Do you feel like you handled things better than he did? I think in in the long run i think that i suppressed a lot of my issues when i should have probably talked about it more mm -hmm. um where he for years he got very emotional and really wouldn't um i really didn't so still really don't celebrate much on the 4th of july because it's a it's a it's a it bad wasn't day a good day for you right but you know, now my grandson's birthday is July 5th. So I'm like, maybe this is her saying, don't be sad anymore. You know, that's how I look at it. And you should. She, I mean, this is just my opinion, but she, she's an angel. And I, I believe in God. I, mm -hmm. I don't remember if I said something to John about that or not, but I believe in God and that he has a plan and that she became an angel and she had it she had somewhere she had to be right and right. some some place to go right and I also believe that she's with you all the time right and that's that's another that's how we comforted each other too is if that hadn't have happened to her maybe something would have happened to him over there during mm -hmm. that time which I know he said that he would have rather it been of course him but that kind of gave me comfort that, you know, it was while he was in war that that happened kind of to bring him home and maybe get him out of harm's way. Mm -hmm. That's how I kind of... So think. he mentioned that the, the times he got to come home that you started saying that you were noticing some changes in him. Mm -hmm. Like he... I think, um, especially starting with boot camp, from what I've heard from my nephews and stuff, right away they start teaching them to be hard. Right. Because they're going to see so much. Mm -hmm. um, is Do you think that's what was going on? Like he just had hardened already? I think that he, um, I mean, or, yeah, he was a little more hard than what he was Um he was very uh, angry. Um, Did he ever say who he was angry at? I think that he was angry mostly at, you know, the situation that he was deployed from, you know, in a different country, you know, during a wartime, and we you know, he wasn't able to really do what he had hoped the military would do for him, which is, you know, the structure and, you know, that was kind of all out the window. So what he actually went into the military for, and then, you know, he ended up getting, a, getting deployed during a wartime situation, that was completely unexpected, obviously. I mean, nobody right. seen 9-11, you right. know, coming. So um, I think that was, he was very angry about that. Okay. 
And so, then he came home again. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Right. He, he um, once we had Jade's funeral and everything, um, like he said, he was home for 14 days, and then we actually went down to Fort Campbell and got his leave extended for another 14 days. And at the end of that period... I mean, and he had a, I remember we were in the hotel room the night before he was getting ready to go back overseas. Um, he just had a complete meltdown because he didn't, he didn't want to go back. And he goes, and I said, well, you know. Did he not want to go back because he was grieving or did he not want to go back just because he didn't like it? Right. I, I don't, I don't want to speak of for just, him just on what, that. what sure. you think. I think that... Or could it be both? I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. And I would have been the same way had I been in that situation. Mm-hmm. I would have I would have been very scared to go back, you know, to have, you know, almost a month's, well, a month's time to sit and process of what could be and all the what ifs. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I could have even... I, it's just... It's scary. So you didn't... You didn't feel bitter about what he had to do? No. I I mean, you know, I knew he was in the military when we got married and mm-hmm. when we were still friends. So I knew what I was signing up for and that, you know, that was part of it. Do you feel like he should have had more time, though? I, I do. And for him to come over here and kind of decompress for the month, and kind of let his guard down and then have to go back. Um, I think that that would really, that would really mess me up if, if that's what I had to do because, you know, who would want to come home and then have to go right back to a mm-hmm. wartime, but people do it all the time, mm-hmm. you know, but not usually for the reason that he came home. Right. Right. So... Okay, so he went back and he got himself in the mode that he was supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. And so, I, if I remember right, he didn't even think about it anymore because, and he didn't think about anything anymore. He put himself in the mode where he had to be to protect his men. Right. Um, so when he got out, for, well, he did tell me he went AWOL once. He did. For a couple, but he caught, but he turned himself in. He did. Uh, he, again, was uh, very angry. Uh, we got into quite a few fights. Uh, he threw our wedding picture down the stairs at me. It shattered. Um, it was just, it was not... A good time. <laughs> so you saw, did you see increasingly more things start going on with him mm-hmm. the longer he was there? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, he um, he got very angry one time and uh, hit me on the top of my head and I had a goose egg on the top of my head. Did he hit you with an object or with his... It was with his hand. Hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and even at that time, he's like, well, you shouldn't have pissed me off. And I'm just like... That sounds narcissistic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... But there's, you know, um, if you if anybody wants to go back and listen to my narcissist um, podcast, you'll see where a, there's a lot of things involving a narcissist. Mm-hmm. And there's a... They have a disorder name for everything now. Mm-hmm. Everything. Sure. Uh, so, and if you read narcissist and you read PTSD, it'll say in PTSD that um, they they can become narcissistic. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, sure. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, he, I think that he was so angry with the person that he had become. He really didn't um, know how to handle it. So he 
you know, just, it just lashed out in anger and things like that. He, um, you know, once he was on leave for a weekend and, and he just decided not to go back, um, because he was so angry with, uh, the military and the treatment that he had gotten and the, um, you know, lack of help that, that they offered, um, for his situation, he, you know, was just very angry. Um, and so I think uh, I'm not making excuses for him. I know that, you know, he knew what he was doing. He was conscious of what he was doing. Um, but I think that had a lot to do with it. What was, you know, the anger, anger that he had. Okay. And so going back with John's interview, he said that you finally got upset enough that you gave him an ultimatum. Right. So can you tell us about that? Right. Yeah. So I uh, basically told him either uh, you're going to get help or, you know, I can't keep doing this. Um, from the beginning, him and my son did not get along. And that was, you know, my son was five when we got married. And so they really didn't mesh well anyways. And when things started really happening when he came back, I was like, I'm not going to put him through this. So you either need to get help or you know, we're going to have to separate. And Which yeah. I commend you for that. Oh, thanks. Because, you know, and I obviously wasn't in your situation, mm -hmm. but being in your situation, um, I might want to wanted to save everything and then know I'm taking a really big chance of losing that person because... A lot of people would say F you mm -hmm. and be out of there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's something that you would have wanted, but I'm just saying that that was a possibility. Sure. And uh, that would have been kind of scary to me after losing a baby and, and then trying to comfort him through his whatever he was going through. But you also had your stuff. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot mm -hmm. on, on all of you. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I did tell him that, you know, it was good for him too, that, you know, he still made that choice and said, yes, I'll go. Mm -hmm. Whether at the time it was just for you didn't matter because he made it work for him. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, so I don't know if you know, but I, I am a life coach yeah. and you know, that's something that we talk about a lot is it, it doesn't matter if you have a drug addiction, alcohol addiction, if you're a narcissist, if, you know, you're depressed, whatever it is, you're not going to get help unless you want to. Right. And it's not going to work. We can sit and talk and talk and talk. And if you're not letting it sink in, mm -hmm. if you're not wanting it, if you're in denial, it's not going to happen. Right. So in talking to him... I think he said he went almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. And it sounded like he would have continued had he not lost her. Right. Mm -hmm. Which was sad. But 10 years is a long time. Yeah. Um, and it sounded like it helped him a lot. Like that he just got lucky that he got the right therapist that he was able to connect with. Mm -hmm. And I... I remember him telling me, and I don't even think, I think it was in our interview before the podcast, uh -huh. that she was, like, just strict with him, like, right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And that kind of surprised him. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he liked that. She wasn't going to let him get away with anything. Right. So he said, he right then, he could have just got him walked out and said, forget you. But... He liked that about her, that she was standing up to him and making him face stuff. So um, so you were still with him while he was going through counseling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did Was it a slow process? It was a very slow pro yeah. process. Um, 
you know, yeah, to go back to what you said, that's probably what he needed me to be was a little more strict and, you know, not be the enabler or the fixer upper mm-hmm. that I am of people. Um, I, if I probably would have been a little more stern, um, maybe he wouldn't have done some of the things that no, he I don't did. Think you can blame yourself, though. Yeah. Um, we but, tend to do that. Right. Yeah. Um, so he, um, you know, he would go to his counseling. Like he said, we tried to get, go to com- couples counseling um, here in town, actually. And the counselor was a nervous wreck by the time we had gotten done. So we just quit. She wasn't, or he, The counselor was. was a nervous wreck by the time. I mean, we were only in there for like an hour. It was our first or second session. And, do you, and you guys made that person a uh-huh. nervous wreck? Uh-huh, yep. Was it arguing back and forth already? Yeah, and all, all he said, all the counselor said was he put his hands on the table and he says, get a divorce, be good to each other during the divorce. And I mean, his hands were shaking. Oh my goodness. mm -hmm. Do you feel like it was that bad or was that the counselor? I think the counselor was a little uh, not very good at what he was doing, maybe. Um, Because I've not ever heard something like that. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, it was very... I was like, wow. One of the things I try to tell everybody is, first of all, I think everybody, I mean everybody, should have a personal life coach Mm -hmm. to go to at any time. I mean over the simplest little things that other people may think are simple, but somebody that's non-biased that you can just sometimes just talk and you don't need any advice. Right. But it's somebody that you can say whatever you want about whoever you want and it's not going anywhere uh-huh. and somebody that you can get that anger out mm-hmm. and I mean that's that's our job to listen and let people feel yeah and then yes after that's done you, you know you start sorting it out and give them tools mm-hmm. but definitely let them get it out of course you're not gonna let somebody hit each other or anything like that it didn't come to something like that right you guys were just going back and Mm -hmm. forth probably Mm -hmm. probably blaming each other Uh and that kind of stuff normal couple stuff that Mm -hmm. people argue about right um anyway i you know i'm sorry about that that didn't work because that Right. Might have saved something, but then I guess there was plans for you otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, how long did you guys last after he was in therapy? Um, We got divorced back in, legally divorced back in 2015. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, we had another daughter you know in between in between and she was okay she's okay she you know she was in the NICU for about a month month and a half um but other than that she was you know very small she was a preemie she only weighed about four pounds so she um you know but was she a preemie because of the condition she was a yeah most for the most part um I had a placental abruption um, so my placenta, well, her placenta, started ripping off of the wall, the oh urine wall. So um, they transferred me to, from one hospital over to the big hospital, and, and um, they had to give me a bunch of medication and steroids to get her lungs going because she, they were going to have to deliver her, so they wanted to... So you probably went to the neonatal. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was very... Um, I cannot say how much of a good father he, he was to Kylie. Um, you know, the, she was, she still is to some aspect, but she was very much a daddy's girl. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why he went AWOL because he, you know, was uh, there like an immediate bond? Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think he thought that, you know, Jade 
passed, but you know, here's my chance, mm -hmm. you know? And mm -hmm. so how did you feel about that? It, you know, I kind of was resentful mm -hmm. that they were so close, mm -hmm. you know, um, because a new mom, right? Right. Yeah. And so and you're the one that carried the baby. Right. <laughs> right. Hey, now, wait a minute. I just saved your life here. I just carried you and went through all these bondages. Uh -huh. You're supposed to attach to me. Right, right. And that's kind of what I thought. But, I mean, I I went back to work, and he was, you know, able to stay at home. Um, and so, you know, she, she went to daycare. But, you know, most of the time, if she had even a little sniffle or... You know, I want to stay with daddy. Then you know she would just stay home with her dad, and and so, um, so he he didn't ever mentally or physically abuse her. Not her, no, no. Mm -mm. So he was getting help after she was born already. Right, he had gotten help for a. Uh, I mean, well, Jade was 2003, Kylie was 2005. Oh, so a couple years. A couple so years. So just a couple years mm -hmm. into it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So still nothing like he is today. Oh, no. Yeah. The, the person he is today, I don't know who he is today. I don't. Because he's, and, you know, great for him. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he's a different person. Like I said in the beginning, he's more the person that I knew before. Before Forward. we got married sure. today, then he was, was during the marriage together because he was so angry. and. So I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked him. Mm -hmm. um, because you were married to him first and then you were his, friend's, his friend first, mm -hmm. do you feel like um, his PTSD is a part of a lot of things or... Do you think it was majority of military? I, this is not trying to blame the military. Sure. This is trying to let people understand PTSD mm -hmm. isn't just military. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I I think it could be a lot of other things too, and then the military just kind of brought it out full force. Is is what I think. So do you think that the military, because I, I, I had you listen to what he said. Right. Um, do you think he was holding back on things that were traumatic, but he didn't see it as traumatic at the time? Right. Yeah. That's, that's you know, yeah, I definitely Because one of, the, one of the things that I've studied and seen was a, a lot of times we go into a mode when something traumatic happens and you can work your way through it and people in a normal situation, he like had to continue to keep going, but in a normal situation, a couple days after the event happens, your body reacts mm -hmm. and your mind reacts, mm -hmm. but he didn't have that time. Right. So. Right. I I kind of think that there was more of the military than he's admitting to or or recognizes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, sure. That I haven't talked to him long enough yeah. to really you know he he did say he'd go over his background um, and tell me some other things, but just in listening to what he was saying, I I feel like it would be really hard to go into that situation period um and i know nothing really happened mm -hmm. but it's two things that were big started to happen right and as far as i'm concerned he, he wasn't supposed to go yet and right. his platoon wasn't supposed to go yet and you know just me i believe in a higher power but regardless he was left here for a reason mm -hmm. um but, and then he just kept going and, and doing what he was supposed to do and didn't even think about what just happened. Right. Um, be there, yeah. And, and then never thought about that again. 
Right. I, I mean, I don't know if he ever brought those things up to you again or if he had nightmares over them. He never mentioned that. He did. He did. Um, a lot of times he would um, sleep during the day while I was at work mm -hmm. um, and Kylie was at daycare um, because he would be up all night. Um, he had a lot of flashbacks. Mm -hmm. um, he had um, just a lot of, you know, a lot of things that he couldn't do. Um, you know, like he couldn't, he couldn't go into crowds. He couldn't, you know, go into loud bars. He couldn't, you know, nothing, nothing like that. And like I said, in the beginning, when we were just friends, we, we did a lot of that. Mm -hmm. So when he couldn't do that anymore, I'm just like, you know, what? I, it's not like I was looking at him and saying, you know, what's wrong with you, but he had changed just, you know, went from one person to a completely different person. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I just, the person that I knew him as isn't, isn't the person he was and isn't the person he is today. Mm -hmm. So he, you know, and Kylie will tell me stuff and I'm like, Hey, he, we never were able to do that. He, you know, he wouldn't, what's wrong with me? Why wouldn't he do that with me? You know, and but there's now you know why, because right. he, I mean, he had more years and he got tools that, mm -hmm. and then a different personality that he's with now that, you know, I mean, that's their business, however they handle it, mm -hmm. but seems to work. It does. Yeah. You know, seems like a better fit, mm -hmm. you know, because there for a while we were just kind of forcing it because of Kylie sure. and, and I had lost a lot of myself because I always wanted to put him up in the light and make sure that he was good because, mm -hmm. you know, of everything he had been through, what I had went through was nothing compared to what he had probably seen and done and, you know, where he had been. But losing a child is a very traumatic thing, so don't yeah. don't minimize that with what he was going through. Mm -hmm. No, we can't can't do that. You you went through a lot yourself, and then right. he left, mm -hmm. and and not not because he wanted to, but he still did. Right. So I don't know if I wouldn't have still, even though it would have been justified, felt a little bitter. Right. A little bitter. I probably. Looking back now, I probably was and just didn't, mm -hmm. you know, didn't realize that's what it was. And, and you know, I want to say, too, I'm, I'm, I'm no peach all the time either. I, you know, <laughs> yeah, everybody's right. Yeah, I'm not putting all the blame on him of being the sole reason that we're not together because that we were just had grown apart. And Well, and it always takes two. And right. We, we know that. And that's right. when we mature enough to be able to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, so today, do you guys, do you feel like you guys have a good enough relationship that you're co-parenting well? Yeah, we, um, for the most part, I mean, I've never been one of, one of those women who have said, you know, well, if you don't do this, you're not getting your kid or Thank you goodness. Didn't. Yeah. That it's not just my child to keep. Right. So you know, it's just as, Kylie's just as much his as, you know, she is mine. So that's all, that's never been a problem. That's um, good. Yeah. Have we gotten into several fights or arguments or, you know, whatever over, you know, since we got divorced? Yeah. We've, you know. Have those been over the past though or present stuff? Um, for the most part, they've been, um present stuff and so then as these years go along have you seen him get a little softer or change a little bit the way he's speaking to you uh, yeah I mean I try and just you know every time I see him I'm like hi friend or you know <laughs> something, something you know goofy like that because that's just who I am you know mm -hmm. I try and stay upbeat and 
you know, he just kind of looks at me like he always has. He's just like, <laughs> you know, looks at me with the... Now, see, he seems to me like he's trying to be a really positive person, though. Now, yeah. Now. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, he did talk about the depression mm-hmm. and all that, but he really likes trying to be positive, and he has realized that um, the people that he chooses to be around has a really big effect on him. Mm-hmm. And so he's trying to keep positive sure. people around him. That doesn't mean that always is going to happen, mm-hmm. but at least he understands and knows that, mm-hmm. which that's important. Right. Um, and the forgiveness part, I'm not quite sure. Right. If he's forgiven himself, uh-huh. um, I didn't get to talk to him about that. He did get emotional. Uh-huh. Um, and I let him get emotional and then just go on. Mm-hmm. So there was tons of things that we could have made into another podcast. Sure. Um, but... This particular one is on PTSD. Right. um, But there's women out there that want to know from the other side. They listen to his side and they want to know, so we're going through this. What's your advice? How did you you get that courage up to say, choose this Mm -hmm. or you lose me? Mm -hmm. Um, my, My son... So, out of protection for mm-hmm. your son. My son. Uh, so, what if they didn't have another child? What would you say? Um, I would, you know, you just got to, you know, nobody's going to stick up for you more than yourself. Nobody's going to put you first more than yourself. You know, don't, you know, brush your feelings off. If you're feeling that way, you need to come out and say it, um, you know. Anybody not, you know, trying to just, you know, get on the military, but anybody with PTSD um, that has a partner or family or whatever, you know, it affects them too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like John, he wasn't the same person that I married, Mm -hmm. you know. So I would just, um, you know, really dig down deep and, and say what you need from the person that has the PTSD because I mean nobody's going to advocate better for you than you so you've really got to stick up I yourself. I so much agree with you that's yeah. so you've you've learned things down the road too. I have. Okay and so has your life moved on now? It has uh I'm remarried mm-hmm. um we've known each other for 26 years my me and my current husband mm-hmm have known each other for 26 years um so was he a friend too he is a friend (laughs) yes um it's a completely different relationship than what me and we what me and john had a lot of laughs we had the same sense of humor um not saying that we don't have any issues because Mm -hmm. everybody everybody does uh even though they don't admit it right but um it's for the most part you know, he's a fun-loving guy. Um, you know, he's got his issues just as I have mine. And, you know, we try and and either we're going to work through it or... or so you can say you're happy now? I'm, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy for John that he's finally found, you know, somebody that can make him happy and be the best person he can be. Um, and I think he's trying to mm-hmm. be the best person he can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he also knows that he still has work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it, like a daily process thing. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I wish that he could find somebody else to continue with. But, right. it, you know, when he, said, when he said the counselor that came in and took her place was a male, for some reason... The first thing I thought was, that probably didn't go well. Right. I, I can't see him listening to a man. No. I, I don't know why, because right. I don't even know him that well, but right. I just couldn't see that. And as soon as he said that it was a male, I thought, yeah, I know I'm going to hear next. Uh-huh. Um, but I wish he, I wish for his sake that he would have went back and said, 
can I try again with somebody else? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because I think he could even go more, even though he's... No, now, what kind of field were you in? Are, were uh, you in the medical I'm a, field? I'm a nurse. Uh-huh. And she is, too. His current wife? Yeah. She, isn't she in the medical field? No. Mm-hmm. No? No. Well, where do, oh. um, she works with, uh, like... Uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say the place that she works We don't at. have to. Yeah, it's, she's, like... Uh, male and stuff. Okay. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you were a nurse during this time. What were well, you at a doctor's office? I didn't get it. I didn't get my nursing license until 2012. Okay. So. Not during the time. Then. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that going through the nursing has helped you too? Sure. I mean, it's given me a, a lot of um, lot more self confidence, um, and I'm sure he broke that down. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Sorry that. Yeah. Happens. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it's, but it's a lot of it's my personality too. I'm I'm an enabler. I'm a fixer upper. I you know I try and fix people and make them feel better. While I, myself, I'm just like, oh, I'll just sit here and, <laughs> you know. So that's that's kind of my own issues. But do I you think to... that gave you any more knowledge or understanding of maybe things that happened so that you could forgive? Sure. Yeah. Do you think you've forgiven? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't have any ill feelings for him at all I, I mean you know as long as he's happy and he's you know taking good care of our daughter which he always has I don't I mean what is you know I, and I, I'm not trying to drag anything bad out sure. I'm I'm asking that because it's so important that people do forgive before they can go on mm-hmm. and a lot mm-hmm. of people don't do that right or at least they don't say the words mm-hmm. and I think it's important mm-hmm um, in talking to him, he doesn't sound like a person that says, I'm sorry very much. No. Um, and yet I see a soft side. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I know it's there somewhere, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's in actions or what it is. He seems to care about people in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he could even be an enabler. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, for him not to have such a hard time saying, I'm sorry. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I guess he believes that whatever he says, well, he did say that, whatever he says, he wouldn't have said it unless he didn't mean it. And that's just the person that he is. Mm-hmm. So that's, people either accept that or they don't, and mm-hmm. that's their business. Right. Um, but forgiving the situation that happened with you guys is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and him forgiving himself because he felt like he wasn't there enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wasn't sure. He wasn't right. sure how you felt. Right. So this may be a little bit more closure for him too if you feel like he was as much as he could be. Right. Um, and then you're saying you ha- you don't have any ill feelings. So right. I truly wish that so many people would listen to this and understand that that's so important to do mm-hmm. not not just for that other person mm-hmm. but for you because you went through those things with him right and there was damage done mm-hmm. mentally emotionally physically mm-hmm. and that's a lot right and uh, to forgive is the biggest step right so Okay, well, I really, really enjoyed talking to you about this. I okay. so much appreciate your time. Yeah, I, I know for the opportunity. Have, well, you're welcome, and hopefully we can help some women out there to understand what's going on and what they can do. And what, what would be the biggest thing that you think is most important for them to do to start, like right today? Uh huh. It would be advocate for yourself. Okay, I think that's perfect. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so uh-huh. much, everybody. Um, please make sure that you, after you listen to this, 
that you share it out to people that you know would be interested and maybe those that you're not sure of because you never know. I've had a lot of feedback from this, um, a lot of questions asked about it, and it's not a topic that a lot of people are talking about. Um, it's almost like it's hidden. Right. And I feel really bad about that, which is why I wanted to do it to begin with. And also I wanted to add again that it's not always military. Not that I'm sticking up for the military one way or the other, because I've seen good and bad. Sure. Um, but I think people need to understand that any traumatic event can cause the post-traumatic disorder. So thank you all for listening and we love you.